December of 1986, I was one paper away from finishing my CEGEP studies. In Quebec, we finished high school after grade 11, and CEGEP is an acronym for the college system many of us would go on to, either as pre-university studies or as an end in themselves. My two years of creative arts studies at Champlain College in St. Lambert, just across the river from Montreal, had been pretty undistinguished. Being a dreamy kid in general might be conducive to a program featuring TV and film studies, photography and fine arts and writing, but having an underdeveloped work ethic and living an hour's commute away did not help. Still, there were a few teachers who were encouraging when they did spot my genuine interest in their subject. I put a lot of it down to a sense of humor, as in they had one. So did I, but being 17 when I started there, I can see in hindsight it wasn't as dry a sense of humor as I might like to remember, and I annoyed more than one of them by trying too hard to be funny in their class. So I'm especially grateful to the ones who took that kid in stride and were at least kind to him. Seeing past the mouth and the dubious penmanship to the occasional flash of real insight was no small thing, particularly as I remember late adolescence being a time of more darkness than light. But oh yes, December 86. I had to hand in one last paper to fave teacher Catherine Estabrook for the advanced film studies class. Filmmaking 1 and 2 had shown me I had no real aptitude for making movies, but I did all right in the film studies courses, as Catherine encouraged her students to really think about the films we would see, and she demanded, no, expected, well, she hoped for, I'm sure, some personal reflection. And once you've done that a time or two, if you're at all human, you do acquire the taste for it. I mean, look, it didn't turn me into a university-level film studies major or a critic or anything, but I know I still apply a lot of what I learned there to how I interact with culture today. And that has to include the theater and the film work I still do. Okay, okay, but, and, so, December 86. I had to see True Stories, the feature film directed by Talking Heads frontman David Byrne, and hand in a few pages on it. So on a very dark and cold midweek night, I took the subway into town and bought my ticket at the Palace on St. Catherine Street. The movie was doing all right, but was old news by then, and I sat in the back with a pad of lined paper on my lap, and I wrote notes on what I was seeing in a very large script so I could see in the dim, flickering light and decipher it later. I haven't seen the movie since, but I remember it was surreal, occasionally funny, and of course had some Talking Heads music in it, but then things took a turn. By this time of my life, now age 19, about to be cut loose from school and with nothing planned at all for the new year, I had not spent all that much time in Montreal itself. 
I could see Montreal from the Cégep, but only the occasional shopping trip or movie would bring me in. And here I was in the palace, a modest six-screen multiplex that had been carved out of a beautiful and ornate 1920s cinema in the early 80s. I was feeling flush with wrapping up my Cégep career and on my own in the big city for the evening. I did some quick math as the True Stories credits rolled. If I stayed to see a second movie, I was sure I could still get across the river and catch the 1235, the last bus to Saint-Jean. This was too good to pass up. I bought a popcorn and a soda and headed up a flight of stairs to sneak into the Clint Eastwood Grenada invasion picture Heartbreak Ridge. I remember that one less than True Stories, but knew even then this was not a good movie. And who boy was it too long. It dragged, which is criminal in a war movie. But either I was too proud of my low-rent criminal behavior to up and leave or too stupid to consider the consequences of staying to the very end. Maybe that's not an either-or. Regardless, as it finally wrapped, spoiler alert, the Americans win, I grabbed my bag and ran down to the street. I should add, at some point in the evening, I realized I did not have enough money for the return subway ride to the bus station across the river in Longueuil from where I would bus it home. I know. The popcorn and soda did me in. Thanks. Where were you in 1986? Anyway, I reasoned that I could make the trip on foot if I hustled, running all the way east on St. Catherine Street, then up and across the Jacques Cartier Bridge and down to the bus station that sits below its southern end. I was young, perhaps in the best shape of my life, and let us not forget, dear listener, too stupid for words. So I ran and ran, eventually having to take breaks now and then, as being in the best shape of one's life is a purely relative proposition, but I was certainly fleet of foot, passing strollers, managing to keep upright despite the ice and snow, working up a sweat but knowing it would be worth it once I was settled in for the long, dark ride home. It was when I looked up and saw Atwater Street approaching that I realized I had come running out of the palace, heading west, not east. When I said earlier I was too stupid for words, I wasn't being straight with you. There are words. They are too stupid. I ran east in a panic now, lungs burning, dripping sweat, probably looking like a junkie evading capture in a Sydney Lumet film, which the further east I went meant I was fitting in very nicely. And so I made it to the Jacques Cartier Bridge about ten minutes before the bus would leave for home. You don't appreciate how big a bridge like that is until you stand right under it and look at all the stairs that lead up to the span. And a bridge like that is so big because it has an awfully wide river to cross. It would probably take an hour. I was spending the night on the streets of Montreal. Pretty Much, Episode 26, Too Stupid, Part 1. 
Written and read by Scott Clarkson. Music by Garner Firebird. <laughs>